Today is the 20th of February 2018. Today is Tuesday. Today, Sayadaw will talk today about the metta jhanas, the metta absorptions to the international meditators. First of all, Sayadaw will talk about the jhana absorption. Jhana zanzura. What we call jhana, this is a deeply, uh, this is a state of deep absorption of the mind. When the mind is deeply absorbed into the object, this is what we call jhana, absorption. And in the course of metta meditation practice, then the jhana absorption refers to that state when the metta mind is completely absorbed into the object of one's metta meditation. This is then what we call the jhana based on metta. And when the metta mind is completely absorbed into the object of one's metta meditation, deeply absorbed, um, like the, the, the object of metta meditation, is the person or beings we have chosen. So when the mind is deeply uh, absorbed in that object, then there is no thinking mind. There is no wandering mind. So unwholesome mental states, starting with loba, dosa, and so on, they do not happen in that state. And then, for a long time, there is only, or there are only, metta minds. The 
However, when um, this deeply concentrated state is not yet very pure, then it can happen that uh, a wandering mind can arise, that a defilement can arise, but however, that only happens for a short, uh, that's a short thought that comes up and these thoughts they quickly disappear again. However, when this um, jhana, mind, the state of absorption is pure, then at that time there are no more thoughts arising there are no more defilements arising. And some meditators can stay in that um, jhana state for one hour or longer, and then during that time, there is only uh, the pure metta mind, only mm, metta minds arising, and during this time there are absolutely no thoughts arising, no defilements are arising, no hindrances are arising. That is uh, So, jhana, um, or there are five levels of jhana. However, in the suttas, in the discourses, the jhanas are divided into only four levels. So these different levels of jhana, they, uh, they indicate uh, a less deep concentration or a deeper state of concentration. So when the concentration is not yet that deep, then uh, we speak of the first jhana. 
And then when concentration is getting stronger, then we speak of the second jhana. And when concentration gets even stronger, then that's the third jhana. And then when concentration gets stronger than that, then that's the fourth jhana. And the strongest form of concentration happens in the fifth jhana. In the first jhana, there are five jhana factors. And these five jhana factors are vitaka, applied, just a black hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> English, like, English is like a long meaning. Vitaka, initial application. The second jhana factor, vichara, sustained application. The third factor, piti, rapture. The fourth factor is sukha, happiness. And the fifth factor is ekagata. One-pointedness. So when we cultivate metta meditation and when we attain the first jhana, then we can encounter all these five jhana factors are present. So the jhana factor of vitaka, initial application, that's the jhana factor that makes the metta mind go towards the object of one's metta meditation, or that that factor directs, inclines the metta mind towards the object of metta meditation. So if one's teacher is the object of one's metta meditation, then vitaka is the factor that directs the mind, the metta mind, towards uh, the object of one's metta meditation, that sends the mind, that makes the mind go um, towards the object. And vichara, the sustained application, that's the, the factor when the metta mind is like hovering above the object of one's metta meditation. Now, uh, 
Wanda Jinure de Bolivo. Piti, rapture, that's the mental, uh, that's the jhana factor of rapture, pleasurable interest, or joy. And then sukha, that's the jhana factor uh, of happiness. And ekagata, this jhana factor, that's one-pointedness, or when the mind is calm. And that's also um, when the metta mind sticks with the object of one's metta meditation, the person who is the object of one's metta meditation, or when the metta mind rests on the person who is the object. So when we have attained the first jhana, then the mind does not wander anymore, the mind does not go out anymore, there is no thinking mind anymore, but the mind um, is always, in each moment, the meta mind is staying with the object, with the person who is the object of one's meta meditation. <laughs> So then the mind is very still um, um, staying with the object of one's metta meditation. Now, and when the mind uh, stays with the object of one's meditation, then there arises um, joy, then there arises um, pleasurable interest or rapture. Now, Yogi Bhagwa, Bwara le kaune, Medha Bwara kaune, Medha Bwara chanare, Medha Bwara nyeire, Lulu Kandala. And then the experience of that state is, is that one, um, the, ex- the, the meditation goes well, and there is uh, joy in the mind, there is happiness in the mind, there is um, ca- the mind is calm. And the vidya vizara reshini re adhaja, vanda mu bidiru, chanda mu dukaru. When these two jhana factors of vitaka and vichara, initial application and sustained application, are present in the mind, then the, the strength of the remaining three factors is not yet so deep, or they are not yet so strong. So 
Pity, Rapture, Sukha, Happiness, and Ekagata, uh, they are not yet so strong. So now Sayadaw will further explain the three factors of Vitaka, Vichara, and Ekagata. In the scriptures, um, it's compared or explained with the example of a bee. However, Sayadaw will take the example of a fly. Because here there are many flies and you experience these flies so you can relate to this example with the fly. So during the meals, you need to take care when you eat because there might be flies uh, that are resting on on the food, on the curries. So first of all, the flies, they fly towards the food. As and then uh, they do not immediately sit down on the food, but first of all, they make some rounds above the curries. They hover above it. And then they sit down or they go down uh, on the food, rest there, and eat. So in this example with the fly, Vitaka is like the fly flying towards the food, towards the curry. And then when the fly is near the food but does not immediately go down but when the fly is hovering above the food, above the curry making some rounds above it so this is compared to Vichara. เออนาจิงกองอ่ะนิ่มบ่บ่มานาบีรอนุติลีกูดีซากวะเดทะเมเฮเนกูไซบีรอสุซาตะลูเออไอยุงไซกะเลไอยุงเนมานาบีนิ
and then it puts its mouth uh, and starts eating or drinking the food. So this state is like when the mind um, takes rest on the object of one's meditation or when the mind is absorbed into the object of one's meditation and this is the ekagata. And then, um, so the mind is concentrated, the mind is calm and still, and then um, because of that there arises pity, rapture, joy, and there arises happiness, sukha. So during the first jhana, the factors of ekagata, sukha, and piti, they are not yet so strong. And then mm, this jhana doesn't last mm, very long. Sometimes it's just a moment, just a second or two or a few moments. But then the meditators continue to practice metta diligently and sincerely, continuing to cultivate the loving kindness, and with that, the concentration then becomes stronger, deeper. And then, when the concentration becomes deeper, at that, that time, the factor of vitaka is no longer present. So that means that this factor of vitaka, initial application, which directs the meta mind to the object of one's meta meditation, so this factor is no longer present. So then one needs, one no longer needs um, to make this effort of mm, directing or sending the metta mind towards the object of one's metta meditation. So then some meditators report in their interviews that when they cultivate loving kindness that they no longer need to make um, an extra effort to direct the mind, the metta mind towards the object of one's metta meditation. So they say that uh, this happens uh, quite effortlessly. 
So then that means that they have attained the second ဒုတိယဇန်ရောက်မရောက်ကတာကြည့်ရတယ်ဒုတိယဇန်ရောက်နေတဲ့ရောဂီများကြတော့ခုနကိုယရမြတ်တာစိတ်ကိုအပေါ
So this monk then reported in an interview that he was cultivating metta for the friend and uh, cultivating metta for this friend it seemed as if this friend was coming closer and closer and closer. And so coming closer and closer and closer, so then the mind, the meta mind, was sticking to the friend, to the object. So that's vichara. So, because the mind was so close with the object of his metta meditation, there was no effort needed to direct the mind towards the object, to send the mind or incline the mind towards the object. So this uh, jhana factor of vitaka, initial application, was absent. So this is like the fly, which is hovering above the food, above the curry, and so likewise, the mind, uh, the meta mind, is very close to the object of meta. And then the monk said, and then uh, after a very, after a short moment, then it happened that it felt like my mind um, entered the body of this friend. So then he said, it really felt as if my mind uh, was in the body of this friend and it felt as if my body was not present anymore. And then the, um, his friend, um, he saw his friend smiling. And um, the friend was not only smiling, but actually the friend was laughing aloud, like making the sound of laughing. And the video, the video, the video, the 
But actually it was um, Uvimala's laugh, his laughter. And he said it did not only happen one time, but it happened repeatedly, like smiling and then a loud laughter, smiling and another loud laughter. And a Burmese meditator who was meditating at that time, that meditator told Sayado in an interview that there was this foreigner sitting in the hall uh, smiling and laughing, smiling and laughing. And then in the next interview, Sayato asked Uvimala Ramsey, the uh, Australian monk, is it true that uh, you're smiling and laughing in your meditation? And he said yes. And Sayato wanted to know how or why this was happening, and then uh, he told Sayato uh, what Sayato just has explained. So in this way, um, it can manifest when one has reached a jhana. ยอดตานี่ทับบิโยธาบ่มีอาตุเดกาจารอไอ้ที่ตื่นใส่ได้มาวิเดเลไม่ใช่หรอวิสาราสุเรอายุงบ่มาดิโลยิ้วเว้น
so at that time pity has become uh, very strong pity is red bog gonna say the city day the so pity this uh, mental state or mental factor that um, rapture pleasurable interest a little so when pity becomes strong then uh, the mind becomes very elated very bubbly and so when pity this uh, mental factor becomes really very strong so, so then there is not only this strong elation in the mind but it also manifests in the body like that the body um, is elated or that the body um, uh, jumps, jumps off the floor. Or else when pity is strong, it can manifest in uh, jerks of the body, jerks of the arms or the legs, jerks of the upper part of the body, or The other day, a Malaysian meditator, he reported in the interview that um, his body was moving. There were uh, strong energetic movements in the body, and it was like um, the nuts, Burmese spirits. There are special dances, or they move uh, with wild movements. Have you seen... um, and not dancing, moving. So if you have not seen the nuts um, dancing, moving about in America and in Germany, you have <laughs> Uh, drunken people. Especially in Germany. Sayedo says when he has been to Germany he has seen drunken people, people who have drunk beer and were um, drunken and so, you know, uh, shaking and uh, moving about. Yeah, so, 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 so
So likewise, this Malaysian yoga meditator, he experienced pity, and as a result of the strong pity, his body was uh, moving and shaking. And he said, oh, I'm afraid of pity. I don't want this rapture anymore. So, yes, when pity, rapture becomes really very strong, then it's strong, it's powerful, and causes the body uh, to move. But I'm going to do But I'm going to do the other thing. I'm Pity, rapture is also present in the first and second jhana, but it is not yet so strong because in the first and second jhana the factors of vitaka and vichara are uh, present. And so in the third jhana, then the factors of vitaka and vichara are no longer present. Um, they are no longer kind of like a, a hindrance or uh, not an obstacle. And so then the factor of pity, rapture, can become uh, very strong, manifests very strongly. So when one reaches the third jhana, uh, this can happen. One can experience it in this way. And so then this meditator was asking, what can I do that this pity does no longer arise? And Sayadaw said, simply continue to cultivate metta, simply continue with the practice. So, reflect about this and on ordinary people worldly people in order to feel joy in, in order to have pleasurable uh, experiences they, they <coughs> look for pleasurable sense impressions they look for nice visual sense impressions or they look for nice audible sense impressions or they look for nice uh, food um, that they can have nice sense impressions that they give that they can feel joy and elation and so people are constantly in search 
of these uh, sense experiences to make them uh, full of joy, to give them pleasure. But now here, uh, when a meditator experiences this joy, uh, the meditator um, does not even want this joy anymore. So the Buddha said that this Dhamma Piti is the best among all forms of Piti. So then if one continues with, with one's meta practice and when the concentration becomes stronger, then one attains the fourth jhana. When one attains the fourth jhana, the factor of pity, rapture, is no longer present. In this fourth jhana, there are only two jhana factors. It's the, the factors of sukha, happiness, and ekagata, one-pointedness. So at that time, then uh, manifestations of pity are no longer present. So then there is no longer this elation or this joy. Uh, there is no longer the movements of the body, the jerks of the body. But then uh, there is, uh, the mind is calmer, there is uh, sukha, happiness, and uh, the meditation uh, is going well. <coughs> So at that time, one does no, le no longer make um, uh, a big effort to, um, to cultivate the metta. It feels as if the metta um, arises by itself or that it is present by itself. And so with that, the mind uh, feels happy and peaceful. There is great ease. And uh, the feeling is of the meditation going very well. So then meditators <coughs> report in the interview that uh, they don't need to make special effort to cultivate metta. Um, it's rather that the metta arises uh, all as if by itself and that the mind is very peaceful 
and calm and the meditation um, is going very well. And so then, uh, in that state, the mind feels happy and peaceful. So that's the factor of sukha, and the mind uh, is one-pointedly concentrated. So there is mm, the mind is completely calm and still. That's the factor of ekagata. And so this uh, indicates that the meditator <coughs> has reached the fourth jhana based on the metta practice. So a metta meditator can attain these four levels of jhana. So when one practices metta meditation, one can reach the first jhana. When one practices metta meditation, one can reach the second jhana. When one practices metta meditation, one can reach the third jhana. And when one practices metta meditation, one can reach the fourth jhana. And also with the practice of uh, karuna, uh, developing compassion, one can attain these four levels of jhana. And also with the practice of mudita, cultivating sympathetic joy, one can attain these four levels of jhana. But with these meditations, one cannot attain the fifth jhana. So when one only engages in either the practice of metta meditation or compassion meditation or sympathetic joy meditation, one cannot attain the fifth jhana. If one wants to attain the fifth jhana, then what does one need to do? So among these four Brahma Viharas, then one has to cultivate the upeka, equanimity. And so then with that practice, when one reaches, when one attains the fifth jhana, there are two jhana factors. They are upeka, equanimity, and ekagata, one-pointedness. So 
So when one attains the fifth jhana, then at that time the jhana factors of vitaka and vichara are not present. Also pity, rapture, is not present. Sukha, happiness, is also not present. So the mind is, um, is just calm and still. So as meta meditators, now you understand up to which jhana you can attain. And now you also can uh, check which level of jhana you have attained. You can understand which uh, jhana you have uh, reached. So no longer, you need no longer to ask Sayadaw, which jhana have I attained? Mm. So you can check for yourself which jhana you have attained and um, you can jump or you can fly. Sayadaw will relate something that happened when he was young in his village. Um, it was about a man. His name was Po E. And he had a tattoo on his leg, the tattoo of a cat. So he wanted to check whether his tattoo was so powerful, so whether he was able to jump. So now if you want to know and check which jhana you have attained, then uh, see um, whether or not you can jump. Um, so if you have attained um, the jhana, then when you jump, you don't fall down, but then you fly through the air. If you don't have attained the jhana, then you fall. <laughs> So, some Buddhists, they believe that when 
somebody has attained a jhana, that one or that that person having attained the jhana is able <coughs> to fly through the air or to walk on the water or to dive into the earth. However, this is not the case. In, if you want to, or if in order to be able to fly or to walk on the water, um, one has to attain the abhinyas, the supernormal powers. So if you, if one wants to attain the opinions, the supernormal powers, then uh, based on the jhana, one has to continue uh, to deepen the jhana and then uh, reaching the supernormal powers, yes, then one is able to fly through the air, to walk on the water, or to dive into the earth, or to read other people's thoughts. <laughs> So when one, um, so through the practice of metta meditation, uh, so the benefits of this practice is also when one uh, attains the jhanas, the absorptions, so the benefits are that one can live, live a happy and peaceful life and uh, one also <coughs> one benefits other beings by living uh, a peaceful and happy life. So when one is able to live happily and peacefully oneself, and if that contributes to other peoples in one's vicinity, um, if that helps other people, other beings in one's vicinity to live happily and peacefully, so uh, should one practice metta meditation or not? Yes, so in our people, living beings, in the morning they get up and then they start to to move, to do things. And why or what are they doing? So, what? 
People, they move, they engage in activities because they want to live happily and peacefully. So, when people are asked why they engage in all these activities, they say because they want to be happy. They search happiness. So now you meditators, why do you practice metta? <laughs> you want to be happy. So, you know, when people think they are happy, that's not really real happiness. But now, through uh, so the practice of metta, uh, you, you experience real happiness. Uh, you're really happy, true happiness. And so, people wanting to live happily, searching happiness, so they engage in all different kinds of activities, and in search of their own happiness, they cause a lot of suffering <coughs> to other people, to other beings. And so when you engage in metta practice, so then through this practice you yourself experience happiness and peace and based on that um, you do not harm or hurt other beings, you do not cause suffering to other beings. And so among the different kinds of happiness, the Dhamma happiness, the Dhamma derived from Metta, that's the best happiness. So then one experiences happiness and peace oneself. Also others can live happily and peacefully. And with that, this kind of happiness, one does not cause any suffering to others. So if you really want mm, real happiness and peace, pure happiness and peace, then you should engage in metta meditation. So 
So um, the more you practice metta, the more you cultivate loving kindness, the more you will experience happiness and peace in your life. So according to the strength of your metta practice, of your loving kindness, then you experience the happiness and peace in your life. The stronger the metta practice is, the more happiness and peace will arise in your life. So may all of you meditators um, wanting to live a happy and peaceful life continue to engage in the metta meditation practice and so may you um, become virtuous people with a happy and peaceful mind. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu.